You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from MassLive.com, here with Sam Jam Packard, the great. We don't have too much to talk about. I'm not going to lie to you. We've got some DPE Candidates, three more DPE candidates in Jaleel Okafor, Rashad Vaughn, and Mario Hazonia, who all had their fourth-year option declined and now only have one year this year left on their contracts. Sam is doing something rattly over there, so we can hear that. I don't know what's going on with him, but... Well, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some, some belated thoughts to the Celtics' first win over the San Antonio Spurs in six years. And then, then we're, we got some chemistry, chemistry, Celtics chemistry to talk about, some, some rapping to talk about. Um, we're going to be like scientists with all the chemistry talk we got in this podcast. Yeah, what's going on with your rattling, man? What, you got a snake over there? I, ain't rat- I mean, that was a a good line. That was a good bar you just spit. I ain't rattling shit, bro, homie. <laughs> All right. No no rattling. All right. So, Jaleel Okafor, Rashad Vaughn, and Mario Hazonia. Do you think either any of those three are worth the DPE for the Celtics? Hell no. <laughs> like, I'm already... I've seen so much minutes from Jason Tatum so far, and he had his probably his worst game of his career uh, seven games in. But I'm starting to question where Marcus Morris fits on this team. You, you want me to add just uh, the carcass of uh, an NBA player who wasn't good enough to get their fourth-year option picked up? Like, that, it's just making a move for the sake of making a move. And I know that's, like, what Celtics Twitter loves to do. But why would I want Ja on this team? Why would I want Rashard Vaughn? Like, what are, what are they going to add to this team that they currently don't have? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just, like... You're already gonna have to like figure out how to bring in Marcus Morris and where like distribute minutes that way. It just doesn't make sense to add another body uh, and just like use up that roster spot for no reason at all. But I don't think it's no reason. Like Jaleel Okafor, as much as people drag him, and everyone loves to drag Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor is everyone's favorite dragging target. Um, as much as that happened, he still averaged what was it, seventeen and eight as a as a rookie two years ago. He, he can still put the ball in the hole. He still has redeemable qualities. And so I, I understand what you're saying. Like, Jaleel Okafor has not been a very good basketball player. Jaleel Okafor couldn't beat out Amir Johnson in the Philadelphia 76ers rotation this year, even though obviously they should want to give a younger guy in Jaleel Okafor minutes. But, like, to me, if you average 17-8 and eight when you're a rookie, 
and you won a national title, and you were the number three pick. And that year, like, everyone thought he was going to be the number one pick for most of that season. You obviously have skills that are rare. And he, he can really put the ball in the hole. I don't think I don't think it would be a waste. I think it would be like bring one of those guys in, Hazonia another top five pick, bring one of those guys in, see if a change of scenery helps, see if Brad Stevens can work his magic, see if you can lift something up out of them. I still don't think like right now committing to one of those guys with the DPE would be wise because you want to see what, what type of targets might become available through the rest of the season. But if if the alternative is using it on nobody or using it on a veteran, I think I would err toward taking taking on a, a former top five talent who still has all that skill, who still has some of that potential, and and seeing if if you can kind of start to pull that out of him, whether it's Oak Four, whether it's Tizonia. Rashad Vaughn wasn't a top five guy, but he's he's a guy who can put the ball in the basket, can, can really shoot the ball, uh, or at least that was his reputation coming out of college. So I, I think those guys, to, to me, if, if you're going to add someone and you're the Celtics, it should be someone young because you don't, you don't necessarily want someone who's going to take minutes away from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, as you said, you, 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 <laughs> you're like Marcus Morris. I don't even want him to take minutes away from those guys. And that's okay. But like maybe get someone you can look at as as a a, a future type of play. I, I don't know, and I realize those guys would be in the last it, year of their contracts. But still, like build a relationship, maybe resign them for. Obviously, their values are very low right now. They didn't even have their fourth year contract picked up. Um, so they, just take a flyer on somebody. To me, that, that's what I would do if I were the Celtics. I would want someone young. I would want someone who could potentially help for a long time. And I wouldn't want someone who who would take minutes from the top guys. And to me, like, a top five talent is pretty enticing. Yeah, but are you just going to, like, take Ja or take Herzonia and send them to Brandon Bailey in the D-League? Like, if they, if you really want to develop them and take a flyer on them, you have to actually see them just, play against NBA talent. So just, they're inherently... Gonna just, take minutes. Just throw some Brad Stevens pixie dust on him and see what happens. See, that's what that's the thing. That's what the Celtics uh, Twitter is. Uh, they just believe in Brad Stevens so much that he can turn any player into a star. And I'm not gonna say I don't believe that, but it just is. It feels like a, a waste of effort and resources. Like, yeah, maybe Julian Okafor is uh, a dynamic low post scorer, but it's just. With the way this team is playing defensively right now, why are you going to waste any minutes with him being your primary five? Herzonia, I don't know what he can do. Like, he fits in with the wing who's athletic and can do things, but they certainly have enough on this roster. Rashad Vaughn, like you mentioned it, just bringing in a guy who can shoot is always good. Maybe playing the Jabari Bird role um, as someone who can is just like kind of you can you can bring in and can make a three-point shot so you don't use Jabari Bird's 45 days on his two-way, but... I don't know. It just it feels like just making a move for the sake of making a move. And I'm with like there's so much season left to be played before the trade deadline that you don't know who's going to become available. You don't know what the buyout situation is going to be. Just because the news came out today that these guys' options aren't going to be picking up doesn't mean the Celtics have to rush into anything. Because you know what they've they've won five games in a row and the current roster uh, is looking pretty good. Oh, and they still have to add Marcus Morris, who I don't know where his minutes are going to come from because they better not come from Jason Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I have a feeling they're going to come from Jason Tatum, man. 
I feel they're directly going to come from Jason Tatum. It's just the way <laughs> things work. I can't, I can't figure out anyone else. Okay, so th- this is my last question about the DPEs. Jaleel Okafor or Gershon Yabuselli, who would you rather give minutes if the Celtics front court deals with an injury? Oh, that's a tough question because as much as I love the dancing bear, he uh, and he made a three last night. That was impressive, but he, he just plays. He is reckless. Like he is one of the most <laughs> reckless NBA players. Like he just, he is literally a bull in a china shop, and he I is just fun, don't man. know. He's fun. Like, Ja has some like bona fide skills of like being able to put the bat, like the biscuit in the basket. I don't know about like Yabu. He can shoot the three, which is nice. He can occasionally make it, but I just don't know what Yabu turns into. Um, like my heart says Yabu, but my brain says you got to give it to Okafor, who has just like some sort of bona fide NBA talent. See that? That's why I think you should keep those guys in mind. Like he's still a top five talent. He still has skills. He still does some rare things that not a lot of people can do. And I I know all the flaws with Julie Okafor. Don't don't at me on Twitter saying I'm overrating Julio Okafor. I'm not. I realize he hasn't been a good defender. I realize all the flaws. I realize everything. I realize the Sixers have not been a good basketball team with him on the court. Not that they've been a particularly good basketball team with him off the court, but they've been decidedly better without him. I understand all that stuff. I just think like there's something there, and and in the absence of other quality options. And there may not be other quality options. Like, when you look at the options, there are some guys that seem like pipe dreams. There are some guys that would be like, uh, I don't even know, like like veteran help type guys. And I think they sh- the Celtics should stay away from veteran help type guys. Just play the youngsters. Play them all. Just give them all the minutes. Tatum, Brown, even even Nader, Yabu. Just, just play them all. See what you got. Develop Jake King, guys. you're talking. You're talking out two sides of your mouth right now. You say you want to bring in another young guy, but you don't. You just want to develop all the young guys they but, currently have. No, 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 no. You're no, making no, no. no sense. No, no, no. I'm saying you might as well develop young guys. Like you might as well get another young guy in here and see if he can fit in the timeline and see what you have, and and maybe be able to reach a small contract with him after the season because. Those guys' values are shot right now, so so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I I don't think they should be getting a veteran who can help them win right now. Like what's the point? I I know the Celtics have been really good so far this season. I don't see this season being like a championship season, certainly. So stay. Oh, I disagree. They've won five in a row, and they. <laughs> Destiny, man. Number one defense in the league. Al Horford. By the way, Al Horford is just a killer. He is just stopping every All Star right now. Any guy who's above 6'6", who comes in to play the Celtics, will get shut down by Al Horford. It is the rules of this season. I I mean, Porzingis has had 30-plus points in five of his six games, and the one exception is when Al Horford just bitch-slapped him. (laughs) He did the same thing to Ben Simmons. He did, like, the same thing to freaking LaMarcus Aldridge last night. It's He's been phenomenal, and... Um, the whole Celtics defense has been phenomenal. We saw that last night. I, knew, I wanted to ask you this. The one thing we talked about the like, two nights ago was can this defense sustain when um, the uh, their opponent starts hitting threes? The Spurs hit a, a lot of threes last night, but the Celtics defense was still pretty strong and uh, really dominated them in the third quarter. So 
I guess we'll, we'll use this point to transition to what was your impressions of the of the Celtics win over the Spurs? You were there. You're a more established guy. You get to sit downstairs. I was upstairs. I had a totally different perspective. Tell me what it was like for the for the popular kids downstairs. <laughs> well, no, number one, Kyrie was just phenomenal. Kyrie, that was that was what they want from him. He was making everyone better. He was a plus twenty five in thirty minutes, and he earned it. Like he was just making plays every time. He was like sexy dribbling moves, sexy finishes, sexy passes. It was just a, a sexy game from Kyrie. He's the, um, shout out to my man um, Herbert of Riffs. He's the mayor of Erotic City. He's he's nothing but sexy. The mayor, he is. He really is the the mayor of Erotic Basketball City. Um, so first of all, that was that was the one thing. Kyrie was just phenomenal. And then the defense. And I I think the Spurs were on the second night of a back-to-back. I think the Celtics are going to be hell for teams on the second night of back-to-backs because they defend, they run, they're young, they're athletic, they're deep. Like, the second unit was terrible in the first half, and then the same second unit was just lightning past the Spurs in the second half. Terry Rozier, shout-out to him for not giving a damn about starting off one for ten. And then hitting one three-pointer and deciding he was the hottest man on earth. And just drilling a step back three, going to the hoop, getting a steal and going to the hoop in transition. He he had a fun little run there in the end to kind of seal the spurs. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the defense is, is a thing. And I was really impressed with, with Jason Tatum because that was his first rough offensive game, I think. Like he threw a pass off Jalen Brown's back. He had a, another weird turnover. He didn't shoot the ball well. He didn't shoot the ball a lot at all. Didn't get too many touches. And he still played D. He's he still had 11 rebounds. He's, he had three blocks. Like that That's tough for a rookie to do, I think. A guy who, who gets touches all the time. To when, when things don't go right for you offensively, still play defense. But he did it, and their whole team did it. And they, they're... Their defense has has really been a lot better than I I anticipated through the first seven games now. Yeah, and well, you you expect that to continue um, with the Kings coming in town. They're playing on a back to back. I'm pretty sure they're getting their ass kicked right now by the Indiana Pacers, which is never a good sign. Um, when do you see? Well, the Depot's like I, an all star right now, man. It's the world is weird sometimes. Oladipo heard all the slander after the the Paul George trade. He's like, you only got that for Paul George. And he's just using it as fuel. But I still think the Pacers are trash, and I still think Oladipo is just one of those guys getting big uh, numbers on a bad team. But when do you see the Celtics um, losing another basketball game? Because I think it could be uh, months. Probably to the Warriors in the finals. Like game one of the game one of the finals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, probably like game three. Probably game three because they'll have home court advantage for the first two games. That's uh, fair. They'll be 80, 80 and two um, no, with I, the sixteen. <laughs> I, I'm guessing they lose to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is a tough place to win a basketball game. That is a very tough place. Although Marcus Smart always goes nuts in Oklahoma City. He, that's every single time he goes to Oklahoma City, he puts on a show. So so maybe they'll survive that one. But then other than that, they got some some weak ass teams coming up. They got the Kings, the Hawks. The Magic, who I still think are doo-doo, but they're killing everyone. <laughs> and then, who else? The, the Lakers. So, Celtics, could, they, a, they could go on a little run here. They have a real opportunity to put up some numbers and just get a, get that win total up. 
You know, before the season, before the Hayward injury, I predicted 58 wins, and you thought I was crazy. And um, it was crazy, and I was about to predict it again, but the more I thought about it, that was it would be real reckless. That would be um, very, very reckless. That would be Yabu-type reckless. I do think this team can get to 50 wins at this point, just with the, the way they're playing defense and the shittiness that is the Eastern Conference. I don't think it's out of, out of the realm of possibility. If, if they defend like this all year and then Kyrie continues to develop and lift everybody else up around him, then, yeah, <laughs> the Celtics could be pretty good, man. Even without Hayward, the Celtics could be pretty good. I have been, I have been proven wrong by their defense, very wrong by their defense. I'm just impressed. Are you rattling again, man? Are you rattling I, again? I'm trying not to rattle, B. I might be rattling. You, you've got me rattled with your change of opinion on the Celtics defense. I mean, I like I like how we had like we spent thirty minutes talking about like is this legit? And then there was one game against the Spurs without Kawhi. We're like, yeah, this team's legit. No, 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 no. I, I by legit, I meant top five. I, I still, I still don't think they'll be top five. I'm still not convinced they'll be top five at least. But they're good. They're they're really good. They're definitely. I would say better than last season's team. Or at least they're playing like it so far. And I I do think, like, it's all tentative. Like, what if Al Horford goes down with an injury? Or what if Tatum goes down with an injury? All of a sudden you're dealing with, like, or Brown. Like, all of a sudden you're dealing with a lack of depth that that could really hurt. Um, But as long as they're healthy and, and Marcus Morris is coming back, then things, things, this defense could be pretty good. Pretty good. All right, let, let's. Well, oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to, I wanted to ask you about Marcus Morris, but before I did that, I need to tell the fine folks, the, the fans of the Raining Jays podcast, about our friends at Draft. Draft is the, my new addiction, and it's the best way to play fantasy basketball. Uh, every single time I've ever tried to play fantasy basketball, I do the draft at the start of the year, the, the classic snake draft, and then I just forget to set my lineups. And everyone in the league hates me, and it's uh, it's not good. You're that and guy, then every huh? Time I, I am that guy. It's very difficult to like set your lineup each night for fantasy basketball. I just don't have enough attention span. I grew up with ADHD. It's plagued my me for my entire um, adult life, and I just can't do that. But draft has the solution because draft is just one night fantasy basketball, and it's not like them other like salary cap leagues where. Me and you can go against each other, and we both have Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. That's no fun. There's no competition there. No. Draft is like a, is, has like a snake draft, like the start of the season, but it's direct competition. It's perfect. And if you want to play against me or John or Jay, use the promo code LOCELTICS. You'll get free entry in, into your first draft. Uh, we do this every single Wednesday. I'll be setting up a draft tomorrow for the Locked On Celtics fans at 6 p.m., um, we can do a snake draft, maybe try to get a good seven or eight teams in there and win my money. I've been losing money left and right because I've been I'm just making bad decisions. The other night I, uh, I took James Johnson from the Heat. I was convinced that he was going to go up against the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves have this terrible defense that everyone's talking about. James Johnson gave me two points, and I just gave John Corrales my money. So if you want to take my money, use the promo code LOCELTICS, download draft, use that promo code, and uh, – Enter that competition tomorrow at 6 p.m. Follow me. I'm at Raining Jam. You can get an update anytime I uh, start a competition. Use Draft. It's the best. 
use draft people. Uh, Sam, I Bro, can't I can't believe you're that guy in fantasy. Bro, it's just difficult. Like that's why I need draft because it's like it takes three minutes to draft and then I forget about it and then I check my score at the end of the night and I go, oh, I just lost more money. Um, but eventually <laughs> I'm going to get on that winning streak. You guys won't. If you keep on playing me, the fans will just take my money. Um, but you know, it's fun. I, I am that guy in fantasy. Like don't like fantasy football. I can deal with because it's once a week. But fantasy baseball and basketball. I am that guy. Never invite me to one of those leagues. I will be a, a terrible person for your league. But with draft, I don't have that problem. I will not invite you to fantasy basketball. But I will play draft with you because your your attention span is built for draft. It is. It's the millennial it's the millennial fantasy basketball app. It's perfect. All right, you had a Marcus Morris question for me? Well, I'm just curious. He, he played in the scrimmage against the Red Claws. I love the fact that, that he just forced the whole Red Claws to come down that, and play with him in uh, Waltham. That's one of my favorite things the Celtics, the Celtics do is, is they have the entire Red Claws roster go to Boston to practice with one player for the Celtics. It's, it's just amazing. But also, Kadeem Allen just watched the Celtics game in the stands last night. He was sitting like right in front of my brothers, like just just up with the normal people. Even though really he's like halfway on the Celtics team, <laughs> I kind of appreciated that. I mean, that's it, it. Just feels bad for the Red Claw players, but it's it's such a power play that I uh, appreciate it. Um, but but, but look, look cl- for the the players, it's good too. Like you get to practice in front of Danny Ainge, you get to practice in front of the Celtics front office, you get to go to the Celtics game later that night, like. Still yeah, but you also have deal. to come down and just get worked by Marcus Morris making his first game of the year. I have some some moles inside the organization who said Morris was just killing the D-League guys. So uh, I expect him to play on Wednesday. Um, I don't know. I think he said he mentioned that he might he thinks he'll be on a minute restriction, but he expects to come back and start soon. Um, what do you expect from Marcus Morris if he does return against the uh, against the Kings on Wednesday night? I think they'll ease him back in just because he's been out for so long. But he played three quarters of the Red Claw scrimmage. He said he said he, he played pretty well. Um, so I, I suspect he'll be pretty close to full speed. I mean, they've been very cautious with him, I feel like, so far. He played in a preseason game with this. Um, he, he played in a lot of practices with the knee soreness. And now we're several weeks later, and he's just getting back to playing. So I'd, I'd be surprised if it really hurt him out there. I, I'd be surprised if it limited him, rather. Um, but we'll see. I, I, and I, again, I, I think he's a, he's a really good piece for the way this team plays. He's, he's going to really help them out. And I know you don't want him to, to dig into Tatum's minutes, and maybe he won't. But... Either way, like he's he's the type of player the Celtics could could use. Just his toughness, he can switch just like the a lot of the rest of the guys. He he can defend. He can he's another guy who can put the ball on the floor and make plays happen. Marcus Morris is going to be a, a big piece for this team, I think. How do you think his return is going to affect uh, the Celtics chemistry? Whoa! Check out that segue. <laughs> that was bomb ass. That was some dope ass radio shit. Um, what I really want to talk about is how do you think this uh, team has come together? We saw um, my mainest man, Tito Three Sticks, go on that crazy run 
uh, last night, and it looked like the bench was super hype for him. Um, we have Marcus Smart and uh, Kyrie Irving rapping different verses from eight-mile tracks uh, in the locker room after the game. I had a lot of questions heading into the year of, like, this team had so much turnover. There's only four returning guys. How are they going to come together? Right now it seems like they're saying all the right things. Um, you have some cute articles of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the improper Bostonian. feels like everyone's getting along. I bet it's very easy to get along after winning five games, but you're closer to the team. You're at practices. You're in the locker room. What do you think about this Celtics um, kind of chemistry and how they've come together as a team? I mean, to, to be fair, like I don't see a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm in there. I, I see them after games. I see them before games. And a lot of times th- those are like, I don't want to say it's not like reality because before games, guys are getting ready for the game. After games, guys are either mad because they lost or excited because they won. Um, either way, though, like this team, I would I would say that they seem more comfortable with each other. So when we got in the locker room last night after the game, the, the players, Kyrie was spitting eight-mile rap freestyles, like the entire verse <laughs> from – from the Eminem, and then Marcus Smart chimed in, and they, they were like going one line for Marcus, one line for Kyrie, and they must have gone T-shirt through. screaming out, Lotto, I don't fit you. Yeah. Looking th- like a cyclone hits you. <laughs> uh, how vanilla ice going diss you, but but yeah, they, they were going through through that whole, that whole spiel, and they knew all the words. I will give them credit. They knew all the words. I think everybody around – my age, a little younger, knows those words, right? Just about everybody. Yeah, yeah you have to. If you don't, you're just just a schween. You're, you're whack, bro. Yeah, just a schween. Um, a schween's a throwback insult. I haven't heard that one in decades. Yeah, we used to use that one in college. I don't even know what it means, but schween. Schweeny it sounds t- bad. You, you don't, it's like an onomatopoeia. You just don't want to be a schween. Yeah, we used to call people schweeny tods. sounds like you were a bully on that skidmore campus yeah just just behind their backs you know i I was oh that's that's classic yeah um but yeah no schweens on the celtics though they wouldn't allow it no strong boys wouldn't allow it the strong boys would not allow it they got the incredible hulk shemmy um so yeah from, from my perspective it seems like they're getting to know each other a little bit and kind of growing tighter but that could also just be because they've won five straight games and now they're happy after games instead of not so happy. Instead of shell shock that their second best player or best player just had the most horrific injury in the world. So you're yeah, no winning winning solves everything. So I don't know. It, it's just a question an interesting thing to to note uh, as we're seven games into the year is just we like but, especially with Kyrie, he has this reputation of like being like a weird guy and they had those comments about like this is the real Kyrie coming out after the S my D comments. It seems like everyone on the the young guys on the Celtics loves Kyrie and he's really like kind of bought into team basketball. He had that quote about how he's been like watching Jalen and Jason for a long time. I don't know. He Kyrie seems like a pretty likable fellow. So um and LeBron and the entire Cavaliers organization, despite their absurd uh Halloween outfits, seem like it's uh it's not not fun in Cleveland. So Kyrie would maybe maybe he was right to a request a trade. The Cavs already had a team meeting, man. That that's some weird stuff. But but their Halloween outfits were just next level. 
So Jay Crowder as the um, Prince Hakeem from Coming to America <laughs> was fire. That was a dope. And Isaiah Thomas, I can't believe he bring this up. He looked exactly like Eze. Exactly like him, like freakishly like Eze. That was that was amazing, man. LeBron's was the worst one. He just put on a mask. No, that was not all. the worst one. That was hilarious. When Pennywise, you, when a six eight two seventy pound Pennywise ass was was dancing on the dance floor, I was. That's that's the funny stuff, man. That's the good stuff. I didn't see the dancing clip, but you could. And I only saw some still pictures, and you couldn't even tell it was LeBron. So. It was ruined. I thought it was weak. You got to go go look up the dancing clips, and then you'll come around on on the Pennywise costume. All right, I I will do that. I think I think they're like I got I got no more takes, but I think we should wrap it up with Jay King. What is what was your best Halloween costume as a kid? Um, my best Halloween costume. That's a good question. I would go with. So I was a, I was a Game Boy one year. Um, Ooh, I like that. Creative. Yeah, a Game Boy, but. My dumb ass was, I was like probably 10 and I wore like this big cardboard box and I, I, I did it. It, it. it looked perfect. It was money, but I forgot to, to cut holes in the, in the legs. So I, I, I was like, like hitting my leg against cardboard. I could barely walk. Like I was like waddling around all night trying to, trying to go get my, my Reese's pieces and and all that starburst all that uh so it was it was it was the coolest probably it was it was the best done costume that i had but also i couldn't walk the entire night like i, <laughs> I, I, I was just, just barely walking the entire time what else was i i was um i was role models the the you know when they fought with their swords i did you were a larper I, I guess is that what they call it? I I did that in college. Live action role playing. Yeah, that was a great movie. Shout out to Role Models. That was an uh, underrated film. Yeah, so we were we were just like my roommate and I did that. We were just like slamming each other with the swords and hopping around on one did leg you, and stuff all night. Did you do the kiss makeup as well though, or were uh, you just dudes with foam swords? We were just basically dudes with foam swords. Uh, what else yeah, was a I? little bit less cool? What else was I? I was yeah. I was never a big Halloween guy though. I was I, I normally just dressed up as like a basketball or football player, and just called it a night. I was. I thought you were gonna say I was normally just too busy in the gym putting up jump shots. You know, I don't need candy. I'm the kid. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm shocked you went out for Halloween. But, well, in, you know, in college, I only went out one year, I think, because it it did usually come on. Actually, that's not true. College college Halloweens were nuts. I think I made time for that. Even so, I might. College Halloween lasts like three weeks. <laughs> you you had to have gone out. College Halloween is nuts, man. That's that was a wild time in life. Wild time in life. My freshman year of college, it was like the first college Halloween. I had mono, and I went out. I just wore a mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but you had to go out. If my fr- college Halloween, that's that's like. Probably peak Halloween right there. What, what Screw was, candy, man. What was your best Halloween costume, man? I was trying to think about it. As a kid, uh, I think it was when I was uh, a Twix bar. <laughs> I had a, a gar like you know those like uh, garbage bags you put leaves in. I just like wore one of those, and like my dad like made it. I looked exactly like a Twix bar. I was fucking adorable. Um, as an adult costume, 
uh, senior year at my high school, like all the seniors are supposed to like dress up and like a bunch of people put a lot of thought into their costume and did like really creative stuff. Um, but me and my boy completely forgot about it. So the morning of, we went to like a party city and we both got, uh, just ketchup outfits. They didn't have any mustards left. We just got two ketchup outfits and then we are like, this might work. And then we also got some toy guns. So we just were, uh, ketchup detectives. And that was our, that was probably my most creative costume. There you go. That was, that's a weird costume, but I would. Oh yeah. I used that ketchup costume that the rest of my I don't I wish I still had that but um it came in handy to have that ketchup costume it's fantastic. I'm um, I'm sure it was great man. Shout out to ketchup I guess. Shouts to ketchup, shouts to catsup, shouts to um hot sauce. All and, good things. And shouts to Game Boy. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll end it there. Thank you for listening. If you want to listen to us every day, which you should, Monday through Friday podcast. Search for the Locked On Celtics podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else. Search for Locked On Celtics. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. We are the greatest Celtics podcast, the greatest, the only daily Celtics podcast, and we should be the home for all your Celtics news. So listen to us, people. Listen to us every day. Listen to Sam. He used to dress up like ketchup all the time. And and listen to me. I used to have Halloween costumes where I could barely walk. So we'll end it there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Locked On Celtics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast. Yeah, J. King and John Corrales. Locked On Celtics. I have no idea how we just got 30 minutes out of that, but that's why we're professionals.